looks like I am live on YouTube now. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everybody listening uh, and watching wherever and whenever this podcast finds you. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Bitcoin Weekly Wrap Up for uh, September 20th, 2019. This week's roundup is sponsored by eToro, a trusted smart platform that is over 12 years old and conducts over $1 trillion in trading annually. They offer innovative tools and advanced charting features to help you be the best trader that you can be. So now U.S. customers can actually trade with the most popular crypto assets with transparent low fees. And if you're new to trading while you're learning, you can actually practice strategies with their virtual trading tool that lets you use virtual money to test, you know, and see how your strategies are actually going to react in a real trading environment. You can also connect with 11 million other traders where you can discuss things like charting strategies, anything trading related. And if you actually go to digitalcrypto.com slash eToro, that's E-T-O-R-O, and you use that link, you will be uh, helping them, um, you know, helping me actually let them know that you're a listener and that you are, you know, appreciate our sponsors. But you also get $50 free. Um, that's subject to some terms and conditions, mainly just a, a minimum deposit. But that's 50 bucks, absolutely free that you can use to trade and buy and sell Bitcoin. So head over to digitalcrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. That's digitalcrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. And if you're watching in YouTube, you can just go right below there in the description and find it there. So first off, let's talk about what we talk about every single week at the very beginning, which is price. Oh, and those of you who are uh, watching on YouTube, my my kind of my picture thumbnail thing there is actually, if you see, it's this note from Yugoslavia. I have a collection of, um, or I'm starting, I've been starting a collection of overinflated uh, notes. So that's a uh, $500 billion Yugoslav um, Dinara note. So it's kind of cool. Anyways, so that's right there. And if you're listening, you won't be able to see it. But if you look up the Yugoslav uh, note, you'll be able to see what we're talking about here. So the price uh, Bitcoin dropped below 10,000, dipping all the way down to 9,600, which it rebounded. And as of writing, actually, I should have uh, pulled that up. Uh, as of writing, it's uh, a recording, which is at about 8 p.m. on the 19th of September. Uh, let's just make sure that we have uh, the most up-to-date, $10,243.89 for Bitcoin there. Um, so let's go back here. It dipped all the way down to about $9,600. Uh, the rebound is, is sitting you know, at $10,200 right now. And I've seen basically opinions of a lot of traders are that a close below $9,450 would signal a continuing bearish trend while one above about 10,400 would indicate a rejection and further upside. So we're kind of just below that, hard to tell, um, you know, and as always, this is not investment advice. So trade carefully, trade smartly, and most important of all, trade on eToro, our sponsor of the weekly wrap up. Uh, so the first story that we're gonna talk about is Wells Fargo. They are launching their unnecessary and pretty much uninteresting kind of internal stable coin. Um, they are basically doing the same thing that JP Morgan did where they have an internal permissioned ledger that instead of moving dollars on their fictional ledgers in their accounting software, they just added another layer so that they can move it around on an internal blockchain and then account for it um, in the regular accounting uh, processes as well. So they claim it's for cross-border money movements, but once again, this really isn't necessary. And just kind of reeks more of PR stunt of look at us, we're 
using the most advanced technologies of the day, right? Um, or the most buzzwordy technologies uh, of the day, right? Yeah, pretty soon we're going to start hearing about, you know, uh, virtual reality and uh, immersive augmented reality, uh, you know, money movements or something like that with a lot of these folks. Um, so the only reason that you would need an asset to move across borders is to have, um, you know, r real dollars, real being kind of a very subjective term, whether it's digital or physical, to put into Wells, uh, to put into non-Wells Fargo accounts or actual cash dollars in your hand, right? So I, you know, for for example, if I wanted to pull out a thousand dollars at a ATM in the Beijing airport, Wells Fargo would need to have like real dollars to put in into my hands or to put in the bank that I'm getting those, those funds through. So if you're going to move one billion into another bank's account, you'll also need to wire real dollars, you know, into their account. Digital token representations you know, when we're talking about within just the Wells Fargo circle of trust are merely for accounting purposes, but they already do this. And this is just adding another unnecessary layer of complexity in the form of a token on top of what they already do. So it's just, I don't know. I find it unnecessary and uh, just kind of a bit ridiculous. So anyways, let's look at the next story, uh, which is going to be, oh, sorry, this may look a little bit goofy. My daughter made it for me, so I'm going to continue to wear it. Um, next up is a suite of stories about Libra. There's been a bunch of them, and I actually just saw uh, a story as I was checking the price here that the House Financial Services Committee uh, plans to question the SEC about crypto and Libra, and I'm guessing Libra is going to take um, the, the lion's share of attention. Um, and so this is uh, going to be really interesting. I, I didn't prep this so i'm just kind of reading it as uh, i'm not going to do that actually right now i'm not going to try to read it over as i'm as i'm well there's actually not much in there um they're going to have sec chairman jay clayton commissioners robert jackson elad roisman allison lee and crypto mom hester pierce which she's been pretty active on twitter uh she, she is skeptical uh which i think is actually good um which causes a lot of uh, you know people uh, you know in, in bitcoin to actually you know have the need i think skeptics uh, heretics, all these types of people are very good for the space because, you know, if you have people of, of reputable backgrounds, if, if you want to call it that, uh, actually question, you know, putting like hard questions to a lot of us um, and actually asking a lot of questions out, you know, sometimes you go, oh, we've already covered that, right? Well, it, it's very good. I think that, it, you know, the, the more... Uh, the I apologize. So we've had a lot of rain, so now these sump pumps here in the basement are going off. So if you hear that, that's what that noise is. And I think it's really good because it puts a lot of us on our toes. And some questions that we feel are well, it's you know that was in the past. You know, it's it's good to, good to continually bring these things up. And you know the old adage that you know the the the, the furnace always kind of hones the blade, right? You know, it, it causes uh, to burn off a lot of the impurities and it makes our, you know, our the, the metal for our blades much, much stronger. So all these things are good, I think. And, you know, it'll be really interesting. I think that the focus is going to stick on Libra because Libra has been the, the cause du jour, you know, as of late. And um, and kind of getting back on the stories uh, that, that I'd prep for, you know, on the 18th, which would be yesterday, if you're watching this right now, or tomorrow uh, when the when the audio goes out in podcast form, 
two days ago, uh, you know, old Zucky himself dined with a bunch of Democratic leadership um, and lawmakers. Well, I guess it's the same thing where they continue to voice concerns about privacy, which is kind of weird because, I mean, Facebook, yeah, I get that synonymous synonymous with privacy, but the concerns is not privacy per se because they are going to want to know everything about everything on Libra. So it's really not about our privacy. It's about their wanting to have access that, to that information, but Facebook shouldn't be allowed to make money on it is really kind of what it comes down to. Um, so they're talking about privacy and quote unquote vile content. Although I don't know what that has to do with Libra. Um, I think it's just more of like, we're just going to dig up, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Shane uh, Gillis thing on SNL. It's like, we're just going to go back and dig up anything that we can find that we don't like about you. It's kind of a leverage point. Um, so, it, uh, this, there, there's also a lot of European pushback against Libra, um, and lawmaker concerns over, te uh, they were also talking about the European pushback and, and Senate testimony that Libra had put forward, uh, that they said that they would not launch without U.S. regulatory approval, while also stating in later interviews that they might look to launch in other countries if the U.S. doesn't actually play ball. Um, Senator Warner stated that, you know, these two facts basically did not line up and somebody isn't telling the truth, one or, one or all. Uh, a few days earlier, Libra reps met with the Committee on Payments, it's Payments and Market uh, Infrastructure, which is a part of the Bank of International Settlements, which is a conglomerate of about 60 banks, if you're not familiar with BIS. Um, and so they're no small player in the world of finance. Libra was faced with skepticism, mostly regarding privacy once again. And they've been on a real PR blitz as of late to assure central banks that they are not a threat to sovereign money, which is a farce. Of course they are. Um, this is the inherent flaw, though, that we see in this centralized junk. They are still pretending that the point of weaknesses that Bitcoin solved is somehow not a weakness, but a strength. That being a central authority that can be pressured by larger central authorities is somehow a, a selling point. Um, Bitcoin cannot be banned. And by that, I mean it cannot be stopped. It, it can be slowed or hurt or driven underground in the short term. But a law banning it won't keep it from operating. Unlike Libra, which would cease to exist in any region that the law is passed and likely could be, and it seems like, or at least they're intimating that in, in some, some area, uh, regions and areas. And I still maintain that Libra will launch in some form, um, if not something like it, will de definitely be launched. Central banks cannot compete as they exist today with Bitcoin. Only a Libra-like private currency could hope to compete in the short term and could even do real damage to Bitcoin. Like I said, in the short term, not in the long term. The only thing that I think could actually significantly hurt Bitcoin would be a return to the uh, gold standard, which I don't think would ever happen. And even then, it's it's the the difficulty there is that at any time they can just drop the gold standard again, um, and then you know we're back to 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 nineteen you know sixty or so or pre Bretton Woods really agreement, and then and then in nineteen seventy when when Nixon went off the gold star the the gold standard again. With Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin will always be there. Bitcoin will always be this rock, this foundation, which unlike central banks that can just drop good policies for bad ones and double down on bad ones, Bitcoin just is, always is what it is. So um, the next story is on my favorite little piggy, Craig Wright. Uh, court documents 
that recently filed show that they're in the process of quote unquote good faith settlement discussion and are requesting now 30 days of extension. And this is probably the most, I won't say damning, but, but kind of, yeah, it's damning part of this case, you know, so far, uh, during the lead up to this actual case, um, Craig claimed over and over again that the courts were the only place to determine truth. And this was, of course, a retort to the calls for a very simple and straightforward task, which is in public, doing it publicly in view of, you know, objective, mutually agreed upon info security and cryptographic experts, you know, in public under the eyes of these people, you know, looking over all the data to make everything's on the up and up sign using those keys, those private keys from what we know are 100% known Satoshi addresses. And he's refused to, refused to do this um, for for years and years and years and years and years now. Uh, once in court, he provided, you know, documents. And like, this is the whole thing, like, you know, the, the courts are the proper place to provide, you know, to, 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 to show truth and find out what the truth is. And once he was in court, he provided documents um, and proof that the judge and expert witnesses, granted they were defendant witnesses, but they were not people that were just kind of like hired guns. Like these are people with reputations in the industry. Um, and they all basically came to the determination that this was either falsified, it was forged, it was misleading, um, at best misleading. And in light of this, he has now decided to settle. And once again, as it always goes with him, leave just enough mystery and then claim that that mystery is proof itself because there's always obfuscated, obfuscated claims and half truths enough to form a web of BS that is claimed to be irrefutable proof. And in my mind, um, bug here, there are a few scenarios. Uh, there, there are just like a couple scenarios to go from, from here. Um, you know, he, one of them being, he admits to not being Satoshi and not have the keys. And this, I'm behind closed doors with the climb and, estate and the lawyers right um he admits all this and he's willing to pay basically x amount whatever it is in exchange for them signing a non-disclosure agreement on any of the discussions of the settlement you know that they, that they make uh nobody in the defense team the climate estate everybody is kind of like and effectively no one would even know that he made this statement and after this they will claim that the climate estate were paid an undisclosed amount, but not from the Satoshi coins. And this is why they didn't move. And in true Craig fashion, that since Craig claimed to be Satoshi and that climbing acknowledged in the lead up because he did so because it made sense. It was in the hopes that he might actually get a larger payout uh, from Craig, right? So why would you not go along with that? Maybe he does believe it, I don't know. But if he didn't believe it, you go like, well, if he doesn't, why would he say that? Why? Because if it adds, turns up to be true, right? He's going to get a larger payout from from this lawsuit um it, it, and then it, if he if he does or doesn't so you know we'll likely also see an upgrade and some sort of upgrade hard fork and bsv that's going to allow him to move the coins without the actual original keys he's going to move them and he's going to claim that since he finally moved the the satoshi block coins on satoshi's true vision uh blockchain which he's going to claim, you know, obviously, well, this is the long, this is the, this is the, the chain with the longest history. So this is actually Satoshi's chain um, alongside this kind of mysterious settlement, you know, where prior to, you know, well, Kleiman, you know, uh, Ira Kleiman's estate has acknowledged that I am Satoshi. Now we've settled. Well, this proves that I'm Satoshi and this issue is put to rest. 
And of course, this is all like mid-tier con man shell game stuff, but it works on some people, so he's going to continue to. Another option is that Kleinman actually buys the actual story that Craig laid out, doesn't buy... Um, Sorry, I thought I heard something. Um, he he doesn't buy uh, uh, Craig's, you know, admission that he's not Satoshi. And, you know, he's going to end up making some public statement that he isn't, you know, he and his family are no longer safe. Um, they've been threatened, whatever. And he's going to disappear from public life. These, these are kind of the two scenarios that I've, I thought that the disappearing thing would have happened by now, but, but maybe he still feels like if he can get out of it, that he doesn't have to do it. But Doing so, he will capture some of the mystery that created the Satoshi myth in the first place, right? Because Satoshi, the real Satoshi, never revealing who he was, uh, disappearing, never claiming the, the massive amount of money that he was owed. Right? You know, he worked for it. It was it was a free free system. Anybody, you know, could have technically joined in mind. And he just left it there. And he left. He didn't want to have anything to do. You know, he wanted to let his creation be as it is and not knowing him is I think is probably either the the biggest the big outside of creation of Bitcoin itself it's probably the the the, the greatest thing that he gave to Bitcoin um if not in the top two or three and so he's gonna try this this to capture that same mystery uh by disappearing again so we will see and and as always it's just it's just, it's just, it's terrible. It's just a mess. And all this could be easily, um, easily, e easily wrapped up with a bow, right? Signing these transactions would not, you know, it, it would not prove that he was Satoshi, but it would go a long way because it proves that he has all of Satoshi's keys, right? And there is, you know, proving that alongside uh, other evidence is kind of what would tie all this up. But if somebody who is Satoshi doesn't actually have the Satoshi keys, then it doesn't really matter. I mean, at the end of the day, like all this is just kind of, you know, it, it, anyways, I'm not going to waste any more time on on, on this story just because it it, uh, it bothers me uh, that a great man's legacy is trying to be hijacked by a two-bit con man. I shouldn't say two-bit. He's very smart. Um, he's very good at what he does. Um, so, you know, we'll give the, the devil his due. As he uh, has embraced the kind of Mephistopheles meme, uh, the last story that I want to talk about was this is actually really interesting. That not really interesting, but it's just you know I, I find North Korea fascinating. So North Korea announced that they're going to be creating their own Bitcoin-like currency, and we all know what this is going to be. It's not going to be a decentralized currency that they you know give to the world and let everybody kind of mine it equally and do what Satoshi did. This is going to be a permission blockchain, centralized, uh, with no value add other you know, there's going to be no value add over the existing currency in, in North Korea, other than it's going to actually give the, the regime further surveillance of the population. So this is not going to be a nationwide currency. This is going to be pretty much a Pyongyang only exclusive uh, currency. And why? Because the rural people live in rural areas in North Korea are those the state does not trust. The only way that you can actually live in Pyongyang is if you are from a family or you are an individual who's proven themselves in some other way. These, This is like the elite. You cannot live in this city unless you are a trusted party member, right? Uh, so anybody who lives out in the rural areas are people that the state doesn't trust or, you know, they're, you know, they, they had, they may even be somebody who is devoted to the regime, but their parent or grandparent 
um, was found to be disloyal and sent to the camps for some reason, right? They believe in, I think it's three generations punishment for, for someone. So it's a really big thing when, when people actually escape North Korea. It's a, it's a very big deal. Um, their families suffer. Um, so, um, but, but anyways, that's good that, you know, we don't need to go all into that, but this will be a Pyongyang only type of, of thing. And they were talking about it kind of being like the Petro, maybe pegged to some asset. I don't know what asset that North Korea has that they want to do, uh, that they can actually peg this to, but this is just going to be a surveillance thing because right now what's happening is that, and it's been necessary. The regime has, has allowed, um, this black market to, to grow and thrive within Pyongyang. Because without it, there, there, without that black market actually bringing in goods, there would actually be a lot more hardship within the capital city. And when you have hardship within the party elite, that's when regimes fall, um, and they or they fall a lot faster when when the uh, elite and those with the most incentive to see it survive actually start to lose faith and don't want to see it around anymore because it doesn't benefit them. So they've allowed this black market because it's been really one of the only ways that they've been able to get a lot of stuff in. Um, and with that, you're starting to see like this bourgeoisie class, this middle class rise up, rise up, even though they're the elite, there's not like the stratified wealth. Like you have a few people that live pretty well, and then you, you have people that live okay, and then you have people that live terrible. And this is kind of allowing this kind of bourgeoisie middle class to, 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 to form within the trusted ranks of the party elite um, or trusted party members in Pyongyang. And like I said, the regime's okay with the black market, but they probably want to keep an eye on them. And it's also always good to have dirt on people, right? Because that's how they keep power, by fear. And with a permissioned currency like that, they will be able to see what everybody does. And of course, there's going to be ways around that, right? They're running black markets because they know ways to get around the official um, systems. So that's not going to obviously clamp it down. If it was, then everybody would just do this. But it's another way to have more surveillance on, on the members of, of North Korea. So that, that's just kind of, um, you know, a little bit more insight, I think, than what you see in most of these stories. Because most of these stories, I'm just looking at um, the Coindesk story. It's just going, oh, well, North Korea does a lot of hacking and, um, you know, they, they do a lot of, uh, you know, Bitcoin thefts and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and there's a lot more to that story than that. So, but that is it for the weekly roundup. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, please leave a review on iTunes. Just go to my website at digitalcrypto.com, Click the Apple icon, leave a five-star and a written review. I really, that really does help because that helps me get up higher in the rankings when people search for uh, Bitcoin or other kind of related topics that I cover podcasts. And it really does help um, a lot. This is the biggest thing you could do and it's absolutely free for you to do. Um, also, if you could show some love to my sponsors, eToro, who've been absolutely fantastic. Um, they have a fantastic product. I'll go to digitalcrypto.com slash eToro. That's did you know, did you know crypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. It helps them know that uh, you guys are, um, um, you know, appreciating my sponsors. And it also will give you $50 once you sign up and, and deposit the minimum deposit in there. So it helps everybody. Everybody wins. Um, so anyways, uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for watching for you guys on YouTube. I really do appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll tune in uh, tune in next week. All right, have a great night.